Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gibbs, with my main man, Grayson Boone. And we are here to talk the incoming DB class. Is it the best that we have seen at NC State? And we're going to talk the transfers one more time because we've already talked about them. But this new addition, some of the additions that we've gotten recently, it leads me to kind of want to reevaluate this class because there are some things, there are some players coming in that I am extremely, and when I say extremely, I mean extremely excited about. This is going to be a great episode. Y'all know I'm always geeked up to talk some football. And, you know, as a as a defensive lineman, I love a good defensive back. I love a good coverage sack. I love all the things that come with those guys, those skinny guys on the back end doing their jobs and doing their jobs extremely well. So stick around while we talk all things defensive back and more on today's episode of Locked On Wolfpack. But before we get into it, know that th today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Our Locked On Wolf Pack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolf Pack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Grayson, we've got some things going on today that we absolutely have to get into in terms of talking about the DB class, talking about the incoming transfer class and all that good stuff, because I'm, I'm excited when I think about what we have coming in. And the most recent addition to this class is a young man by the name of, uh, let me make sure I got this right here. Bishop Fitzgerald, the number one junior college safety in America. He is a six foot corner. I'm sorry, six foot safety that runs a four, four. And let me tell you something. I am, I'm, I'm, to say elated to see a guy like this coming into the program, it's an understatement because NC State is known for player development. However, when you're getting guys out of the transfer portal later in their careers or you're getting guys who are um, who are generally going to come in from community colleges and all that, you don't have as much time to develop. And so you kind of need a proven product there. And this young man, I believe he had six interceptions, which was one of the highs in uh, all of community college last year. And and he is, he's long, he's rangy, he's instinctive. He has ball skills as if he was a receiver. I'm excited about this. Tell us what you know about Bishop Fitzgerald. Yeah, so, you know, we've mentioned it on the show before where we're going to have to deal with filling the Tanner Engel void back there in the secondary. Bishop Fitzgerald might just be that dude. So he is coming to us from Coffeyville Community College. If you're familiar with Last Chance U, Coffeyville is a team that played in the same league uh, as the team from Independence, Kansas. So he's been in that realm, if you can picture the kind of teams that play in that league. But he can fly. I hope he can lay the lumber just like Tanner Engel has. Like you just mentioned, Kenton, what we do here at State is player development. So when you're bringing in guys from a junior college that already have, you know, a decent reputation behind them. That makes me even more fired up that they're going to get into a good system with Tony Gibson and they're going to be able to flourish and basically pick up right where we left off last year, we hope. But a uh, huge pickup, I think. And then uh, we'll get further into the rest of the DB class. But 
Bishop Fitzgerald is definitely a huge get for us thus far. And here's the interesting thing about our system in the 3-3-5 and, and how we use players. You saw Tanner Engel all over the field, not just because he was a ball hawk, but because that's how Gibson schemed it up. You saw him at times playing the, the hook curl in the middle of the field. You saw him at times kind of playing the, the deep third. You saw him coming as a blitzer in multiple situations. Yes, there were times that he saw Lane in the run fit and he got in there and filled it with violence and bad intentions. He, there were those times. But there was also a very intentional scheming of what he did and if you look at how Tony Gibson uses his defensive backs, he always plays to their strengths. He always kind of gets them in winning position. For example, Cyrus Fagan is much more of a coverage defensive back. He can tackle. He can tackle. He can do all those things. He was not the same type of yearning for physicality guy that Tanner Engel is. And therefore, you saw him use in some slightly different ways than Tanner Engel was, but to great effect. To great effect. Whenever Cyrus Fagan was healthy, oh my God, he, it was it was great to see his ability to consistently be in the right position, be right where the ball was going to be, and knock balls out or take them away altogether. This is a guy that, as in Gibson, we trust because I know that with a piece like this, with a chess piece like this on this defense, oh man, we're gonna see him all over the place. We're going to see him coming off the edge with that 4-4 speed. We're going to see him playing some deep half, some deep third. We're going to see him all over the field making plays. And, and, and that, to me, just the, the ideas of how Gibson's, that, that twisted little 3-3-5 running mind of his churns, when you got a piece like this, that gets me salivating. I'm, I'm, I'm foaming at the mouth just thinking about it. Yeah, when we went into this offseason, you know, there's all the rumors of who might transfer, yada, yada, yada. I got to tell you, the guy I think I was most worried about potentially losing was Tony Gibson. So thank goodness that Boo threw an absolute bag at Tony because we needed to keep him in Raleigh. Now, like you mentioned, the way he schemes it up with the 3-3-5, you get these high-caliber DBs in our system that already have this experience and they have this reputation. Another one like Robert Kennedy, uh, he's joining us from Old Dominion. I've heard that he loves to just mix it up. He will throw his body around. He will find you. He's a ball hawk. That's the kind of guy you need in a Tony Gibson defense. So thank goodness Tony's here in Raleigh. Tony, we're hoping you enjoy a couple more years here with us before you inevitably get a bigger, probably head coach bag from somebody, and that will be well-deserved when the time comes. But I'm very excited to see what Tony can cook up this year as well. You know, it's it's awful to see the offensive bias that goes on. And, and we know that, you know, the game is more about free movement. And, you know, any offensive coordinator that has a couple good years is going to be a head coach somewhere. I'm not going to lie. This is one of the few moments where I'm like, yeah, nobody wants a defensive coordinator as a head coach. Those guys don't know ball. Those old snarly defensive coordinators, you don't want I got, one. Of I got two words for you. The first word is Kirby. And the second word is smart. Hey, stop it, Grayson. You're supposed to say, <laughs> look, look at Brent Venables in Oklahoma. They are having such a hard time, fellow teams in FBS football. So please do not consider Tony Gibson because he is not Brent Venables and Brent Venables <laughs> is struggling. Therefore, he should not be considered for head coaching jobs anytime soon. Uh, but no, seriously, this is, 
this is something I'm I'm excited about. Um, these these defensive backs in this in this class as a whole, you know, when I look at these guys and I kind of see like there are some of these guys that I can I can see who they're replacing based upon their playing style. I can literally watch them and say, oh, okay, he's supposed to be the next da 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 da. But the beautiful thing about these players is they're their own men and they're going to turn into who they are, even if they fit into a certain archetype, right? Because we've seen uh, defensive backs who love to mix it up. We, we've seen that before at NC State, right? If you go back to the days of, of Earl Wolf, if you go back even further than that to Terrence Holt, we've seen defensive backs who just, they love to get their nose up on somebody else's face mask and make it happen. But you like you talked about, Kennedy from Old Dominion, I think that he's a, a very good, very suitable, like in that kind of Terrence Engel type mode of like, hey, He's going to light you up now, and he's not going to feel bad about it. Absolutely. And like you just mentioned, you know, kind of seeing who these guys are going to project to come in and replace, that's something I've uh, paid close attention to as we got more transfers coming in, uh, you know, over the last couple weeks. Uh, You know, obviously with Damon Fagan, he's probably going to be the next Cyrus Fagan, you hope. They're related. They're cousins, like we discovered. But, uh, you know, a guy coming in, four-star Zach Myers, you hope that he can be like the next Tyler Baker Williams going out. You know, mm-hmm. these guys that have come through NC State and made a name for themselves, and you you bring in, you know, the next batch of guys that have all these four stars and they have the talent th- coming up through high school and through JUCO and through transfers. It's kind of cool to see the puzzle piece that we're going to try and fit them into. And you you trust uh, Tony Gibson to be the the puzzle maker there. But it's it's very exciting to know that, it's 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 a next man up, but even more so now because you can see it coming from a distance, um, not just on defense, but offense as well. But, you know, defense being the pride of our NC State team this past year, we didn't necessarily think it was going to be, but it definitely turned out to be defense stepped up and won us, uh, you know, more than more than just a couple games. But uh, very exciting to know that the next guy, the next stud, he's on the way. The next the next Tanner Engel, he's maybe on the way. The next Tyler Baker Williams. He could be on the way. So very, very exciting stuff there. Absolutely. And we're going to get into the DB class overall and look at these players as a whole um, right after this break. But before we do, I've got to talk to you all about FanDuel. That is America's number one sports booking app. I am trying to tell you right now, FanDuel gets you right for whatever the sport is. The NFL playoffs are here and we're extremely excited to talk to you about the new betting partner because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today and get $150 in free bets. That's free money now. Guaranteed. When you place your first $5 bet, just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. And all of that is on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, basketball fans, baseball, whatever you're a fan of, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So, Grayson, 
in looking at this uh, overall class, right, and looking at all of the players that are coming in in terms of the defensive backs, right, there's comments, there's rumblings about is this the best uh, defensive back class that we've seen? And, you know, you bring in Damon Fagan, you bring in Zach Myers, and you bring in uh, Brandon Sice. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. I hope we're not wrong here as true freshmen coming in, but also pairing them with Tarante Hinton, a, a Juco transfer, Bishop Fitzgerald, the number one safety in all of Juco, and Robert Kennedy, a guy that like literally not only does he play like Tanner Engle, but when you look at his physical dimensions, right, he's listed at 5'10", 185. Both of those may be a little exaggerated. Just a he's going to feel a whole lot bigger when he hits but, you over the middle. But I was just about to say, he plays a lot bigger than he is, a lot right. like Tanner Engle, right? You look at him and you look at Tanner Engle and you see virtually the same guy there. But let me ask you this. Is this the best defensive back recruiting class that you've seen in NC State in quite some time? On paper, I think it very well could be. So I, I did see a tweet. It was either yesterday or today that kind of sparked this discussion between you and I. I think it very well could be. However, the caveat to that is they're going to have to prove it. You know, you can't really you can't give them any sort of crown until they're on the field making the plays. But on paper, this looks like an extremely talented bunch, um, you know, Coming, coming into a defense that was one of, that, like we mentioned before, was an elite defense this past season. Uh, you know, you hope they can pick up the torch and continue to carry that same torch. But in my opinion, I'm going to go with yes. I think this is the most talented defensive back class we've had here at NC State. What say you? I'm going to tell you this. With the ball hawks that we had last year, combined with some of these young guys that we have coming in, in terms of length, in terms of speed, in terms of fluidity, ability to change direction. This defensive backfield group was one that last year we thought like, I mean, they're bringing a lot back. They could be good, but they they had some moments where it was like a little iffy last or two years ago, rather. Last year, they were one of the best units in America. Like very, very seriously, objectively, one of the one of the highest interception getting groups in America. In terms of least passing yards a lot, one of the best in America. This is this is this is a, a situation where I have said this for the longest and I stand by this. When you win games, when you put good product on the field, a lot of people like to talk about, well, what's better for recruiting than a big brand name? Winning. That's right. <laughs> Doing good things out of certain groups. If you're a school who is having 1,500-yard rusher after 1,500-yard rusher after first-round running back after first. Running backs are probably going to want to come to you. You know, like, for all the struggles that Texas has had, uh, I'm pretty sure after Bajan Robinson, they're not going to have guys who are like, I don't know if a running back can be successful there. So guess what? With the success that we just had in terms of our defensive backfield last year, it makes sense to see this type of thing. And in terms of is this one of the best, I would say hands down. Again, normally when we look at NC State, we talk about player development. We talk about can we make chicken salad out of players that rankings were chicken scratch. And we know, we know that the 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 folks who are in the um, recruiting media they work hard, but they work hard following around a lot of the top guys, right? And so sometimes when you get down into those two and three stars, you're not really looking at 
the same type of attention, the same type of uh, detail that you would see for some of the big names. But with that being said, these are guys that, I mean, all of the Juco guys and all of, uh, and, and Kennedy, we've seen it. Kennedy was a big part of the reason that they upset Virginia Tech this year. He showed up and showed out in that football game. And so you look up and you kind of say to yourself, well, if these guys can come in and, and do what is expected of them, I'm, I'm hoping to hit a Dennis Green quote in, in a couple years when our defensive backfield is dominating. They are who we thought they were. And if you want to crown their redacteds, crown them. Because I'm that's what I'm hoping to see out of this defensive back group. I'm hoping to see these young men mature and develop into just better and better players. And and again, I have no doubt that the mad scientist that that uh, Tony Gibson is, he's going to find ways to to put these guys in the right position. Uh, Brandon Sice is a guy that I'm looking at early who he's he's one of the three stars out of this group uh, as a freshman. But when I looked at him play, I was honestly and I'm not being facetious or joking at all here. South Carolina kid, number one defensive back in South Carolina. I was very confused as to why Clemson wasn't all over him. Because when I watched him play, I'm like, oh, he has the goods, but maybe these receivers are just really bad. And then I saw him play against some top-notch competition. I'm like, no, he's, he's just him. He's not one of us. He's not like the rest of us. This kid is different. And he has that, that confidence, that, that passion, that, you know, that little bit of a chip on the shoulder that you love to see from defensive backs. And then you throw in two four-star guys with that and Damon Fagan and Zach Myers, the, the bloodline with Fagan, you've seen, you've seen the cousin make the plays. You've seen the cousin do the thing. You're hoping he can do the same. And then when you look at Zach Myers, a guy out of the uh, the Asheville-ish area, he's he's a guy that, again, all the measurables are there. 6'1", 190 as a true freshman. You can see him playing multiple positions in the defensive backfield. He's a guy that I think in terms of in terms of growing and developing and kind of figuring out ways to to get this technique just a little bit more down, get those hips just a little bit more loose. He could be a big-time player as well coming in for this team. And so, you know, I'm looking at this defensive backfield class, and I'm saying this has got to be one of the best. This has got to be one of the best um, that I've seen. And, and again, if everything goes right and these guys are developed as we expect them to be developed, and honestly, as we have seen in the past when NC State gets really highly touted, uh, recruits a la, you know, Peyton Wilson and and whatnot and uh, folks of that, I think he's going to be just fine. I think this class, rather, not he, this class is going to be just fine. And I think that they're going to show us something special on that back end. And if we can produce offensively to match what I think they're going to do on that back end, we'll be just fine. If we can get some guys rushing the pass that, that I, I think we can match what they got going on over there, I think we'll be just fine. So. I think, yeah, the, with this class in particular, the ceiling is so high. When you think about, you know, the past NC State DBs that have come through, some guys like a like a David Amerson, like a, like a Josh Jones that have both played in the NFL, we could potentially build these incoming defensive backs. We could have multiple potential NFL talents on the same, on the same field at the same time. Yeah. You know, yeah. not just like, Oh, you know, NC State put one guy in the draft this year, and then you know, four years later, here comes another guy. We could have multiple NFL talents in the same backfield 
what a uh, what a delight that would be to watch. Uh, you know, up against pass happy teams. Uh, you know, especially with uh, when you got a Drake May up the street. You know, hopefully we could shut him down with the incoming talent we have coming in. But very exciting, uh, very exciting developments here with the defensive class. Um, I guess we're going to talk about some offense as well. Hey, but, but before we before we talk about the offense, we're going to talk about the full transfer class to end this thing. But before we get get there, what a time and what that that overlap that you're talking about. I want to talk about that for a second. Aiden White is one of the best corners in the country. Oh yeah, one of the best in the country. And these young bucks are going to be learning from him. These young bucks are going to be learning from a guy that objectively, it seemed like the ball was looking for him more than the receiver at times last year. And honestly, he's a guy that kept us in the Syracuse game because we probably shouldn't have been in that game as long as we were. But he goes, he shows out, he does his thing. And all of a sudden, it's it's looking like a situation where we're like, hey, this man, he's different. He's not one of us. He's, again, Aiden White, another guy, absolutely gets the job done. Having these young guys learn from a guy who, hey, this is how I see the game. This is how I grew and developed into it. Again, it's always good to have older guys, but it's even better to have an older guy that has the proven production to say, hey, listen, you can listen to me. You cannot listen to me, but this is how I was second in the, or what was it? Was he what? Third or fourth in the country in interceptions, something like that. I, I want to uh, say, he was, I think you said, yeah, somewhere on the three four range. Either way, I was one of the top guys in the country in interceptions because I did these things, because I was always ready in this way, because I did this way of zone turning and man turning and all that good stuff. Mm, that overlap of having really good players back to back to back. You think what about a guy like uh, Shaheen Battle, too, he's coming back for his senior year. You know, all the experience he has that can rub off on these incoming guys. You gotta love, uh, you know, that feeling of having this these these great teachers to basically usher in this new class, get them coached up, get them comfortable. It only goes up from there. Absolutely, absolutely. And we're gonna be right back after the word from our sponsor. But after that, we're gonna get into this full recruiting class and or full transfer class rather, and some of the things that we see going on there. All righty, and we're back um, now. In terms of what we have going on for the offensive class, there are no new updates since the last time we talked to you about this class. But again, we're still looking at uh, Brennan Armstrong. Uh, of course, huge get there. Um, we're all excited about him coming and, and his relationship with Robert and I and, and their, um, the statistics that they put up together when he was when those two were rolling together. Dakari Collins, again, a huge big body receiver who can run uh, coming in from Clemson. Um, Dawson Jeramio, of course, the flow, the 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 legendary, the epic uh, mullet coming in. And we've got the place kicker, Braden Narvison coming in as well as um, and, and I believe that that rounds out our offensive and, and special teams players. But again, I think that all in all, looking at this this four Juco class, you know, Noah Potter in there defensively, um, Jarkevious Hibbler in there defensively as well. This is a group that I think I see coming in, and as you would expect from a a transfer class, having an immediate impact, having a very serious, very immediate impact on what this team looks like going forward. You know, just like we talked about a little bit ago, you know, having these guys transferring in, you can already kind of tell the puzzle piece that they're going to fit in for. You know, a guy like a Brennan Armstrong, obviously he's going to fill in the quarterback hole 
you know, hopefully, like you said, he does produce those numbers he had in 2021 with an eye at, uh, at OC. But you got to feel pretty comfortable with a guy that level of experience, that level of talent. Uh, you know, the last time we talked about him, ever since then, I've kind of continually talked myself into we might be we might be pretty decent with some Brennan Armstrong quarterback this coming year. So uh, I, as as uh, as hesitant as I was about Armstrong, I am very excited now. Um, I think there's so many different things you could do with him at quarterback, not just throwing the ball, but running the ball too. Different run looks. Uh, very excited to see how that turns out. And then, uh, you know, a guy like Dakari Collins. You had Dever- Devin Carter transferring out, Dakari Collins transferring in. They're virtually the same size. Uh, so that's, that's, that's almost like a one-for-one trade, if you will. And then you yeah. got you got a big old mullet man in the offensive line, and I think it's Jeremillo, Jeramio. Sorry, Dawson. Uh, but, you know, Chandler Zavala, he's on the way out. You got a Grant Gibson, he's on the way out. So you need – you need guys with proven experience to fill in this O-line, protect Armstrong so he can distribute the ball. And then uh, last but not least, obviously, Narvison. It's a huge ask to try and replace Chris Dunn, the Lou Groza Award winner. But Narvison was a semifinalist for the award. I believe it was in 2020 or 2021. So mm-hmm. you don't just stumble into that kind of nomination. So obviously, he can put it between the posts. Um, so feel pretty comfortable there. Uh, I saw a tweet. This another thing that sparked this conversation is uh, what overall grade would you give our transfer class? In my opinion, I think it's an A minus as it sits right now. Um, obviously, we're sitting here in January. A lot can still happen between now and the summer, but I think it's an A minus. I think we have some very quality pieces coming in to replace the pieces that are going out. Um, some some of them, like I said, it almost feels like a one for one trade t- type of thing. And some of them, you know, I say this as nicely as I can, some of them are upgrades. So uh, I, I'd give us an A- minus as it sits. What, what do you think? I, I say a B, but that's a B that can very much so go up or down based on what they produce in this upcoming year. Because I'm looking at, you know, the pieces and, and how we could use them. And I'm going to tell you, my biggest, my biggest thing about this class, and it's not a transfer, but, uh, you know, you said this earlier in terms of who your favorite returner was. My favorite get is Robert and I. That's my favorite get of this offseason because I'm looking at an experienced offensive coordinator who's done this for forever and a day that I honestly don't think wants to be a head coach elsewhere. Like, I, I could be wrong there. I could be very wrong there, but I don't think that he has that desire and passion to be a head coach elsewhere. And so – um Having him come into this program, a guy who's had a dynamic rushing attack and one of the best passing games in the conference or in the nation, right? That's that's been top ten in both of those in the country at different points of time. That that says a lot. And um, this is, with all due respect, Tim Beck. At times, again, the play calling was atrocious. It wasn't just about execution, and it was also some of the the attitudes that permeated out of our offense it didn't match that of our defense, right? I go to media days and talk to our defense and 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 I talk to the guys who were there in terms of um, in terms of uh, the linebackers, uh, Drake Thomas and Isaiah Moore, and they're like, oh, we love competing. We compete in everything we do and we compete in, you know, who can run the fast, who can eat fast, who can do it. They, they compete in everything and then we're hearing out of our quarterback. And again, this is not a knock on MJ Moore. This is simply saying he was not taught coming in 
by the folks who are directly responsible for coaching him, well, we, we're not going to win every game. That's not realistic. Baby, what? There is one, at least one to two teams every year that runs the table. Why not us? Why not? But that's not on him because, again, that's an 18-year-old that's only been in the program at that time. I want to say it was he was in the program for three months at that time. So yeah. that's not that's not a failure on him. I'm never going to put the failure on an 18-year-old. I'm going to put the failure on the coach who needs to be there to tell the 18-year-old, hey, 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 hey. I don't know what you where you come from. I don't know. Or maybe I know where you come from. I know whether or not y'all have championships. Here, that's the standard. I don't care if we don't have any yet. We're establishing a new standard. And we want to win at everything. We want to win every one-on-one. We want to win every 50-50 ball. We want to win. If there is a pissing contest, I better see all of you guys up against the fence with jugs of water and water pills to match. That's the type of attitude that I want from every side of the ball and special teams. I don't want anybody on my team saying it's not realistic to win all of them. But again, it's not his fault. Coach Beck did not coach that. Hey, everything that we do, every single rep, we want to win it into. So, you know, Ane as a guy who, again, he has proven success. He has shown that he can he doesn't try to fit square pegs in the round holes. He adjusts his system to what he's got. And I'm I'm excited to see it. My favorite part of Ane is he really seems to get the most out of what he's been given. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. prime example is this year at Syracuse. I don't think Syracuse was that talented of a team, but at times he had them humming. I mean, they looked good against us, and we had an elite defense. So yeah. I'm very excited to see what he can do with the pieces we're bringing in, combined with the pieces we already have. We have some very off, uh, very talented offensive players still here. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have a guy like a Porter Rooks. You have a guy like a Demi Sumo. You have a guy like uh, – you know, What's that? Michael Allen, another one. Michael Allen. Super you got Kendrick Raphael coming in. You know, yeah. if I'm Robert and I, I got to be licking my lips at this point, you know. And not to mention, you have the best quarterback you've been working with recently. He's coming mm-hmm. to join you too. So, you know, I, I – the departure the departure of Tim Beck was very on time. But, yeah, I uh, – won't won't miss you respectfully. We're good. We're good. We're happy you got the job, baby. We hope you go undefeated at Coastal. We hope you go undefeated. But uh, yeah, Robert and I. It is it is Robert and I time. I'm I'm buying tickets to that show, uh, and I, I hope he puts on for us because we are we are more than ready for some some electric offense in Raleigh. Absolutely. Well, folks, it has been great talking to these transfers, talking to this DB class, and all that great stuff. But Wolfpack Nation. We appreciate y'all every single time you show up. Y'all make this show what it is, and we love you for it. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. Go Pack. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'll